Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb.Dot listeners. I'm sitting with Dr. Alexandrati. Dr. Daniel Rocker is not here to, with us today, and it's just two of us. Our program is called Culture and Psychology, and we meet on um, Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 1. If anyone is interested to listen to our program, please make sure to let them know that our program is under Culture and Psychology, and it is at 12 to 1 o'clock on Saturday and Sunday. Every time we meet, we talk about current event or cultural issues or anything related to psychological issues. And today, as uh, Dr. Andrade and I were talking, we decided to talk about a uh, uh, bigger, um, actually, umbrella over many things that we are facing right now. So we're going to talk about uncertainty. And under uncertainty, there are many other um, topics that we can talk about today. So welcome, Dr. Andrade, again to our program. It's your program too, of course. <laughs> and I just want to thank you always for being a very um, uh, responsible um, partner. And I always appreciate working with you at Tavana, our organization that we established uh, pretty much together. So I just want to give the mic to you. Thank you, Dr. Malakovsali. It looks like we might actually have a, a special guest today. It uh, looks like somebody's logging on as we're live, a special guest appearance uh, by Dr. Daniel Rockers. Is this, are my eyes deceiving me or are you with us today, Daniel? As far as I can tell, I am with you guys, All both right. here and live. We, we just got done saying how we missed you. And we wish you can join us. And, uh, you know, the skies have opened up and uh, you're here. So, uh, yeah, perfect timing. Sounds like a little bit too much. I don't know if I can live up to all that. I think you can. Actually, Sadie was just introducing the topic. We're kind of just addressing the overall kind of change that's been going on in the world, particularly kind of the uncertainty and I think some of the first things that kind of come to my mind as uh, Saide and I were talking a moment ago was even just this weekend in Sacramento, the air quality this Saturday was just really unpleasant and really uncomfortable. Um, I originally had plans to, to be outside um, and several times uh, throughout the day. And I, it just it, it didn't make sense on, on a health level as well as even a public like safety level, I think, for even things to be accessible outside. And with COVID right now, you know, we're, we're kind of limited in a lot of ways to being outside. Uh, so this made it even more difficult, more challenging, which I think led me to feel kind of a little, a, a little claustrophobic, a little kind of restricted in that way. And just uh, to see, you know, the air quality, to see the ash kind of in that way, just uncomfortable. It's unpleasant. Uh, what was that for the, for the two of you? Well, I was just on a phone call just before I got onto back onto the program here. And they were talking about people wanting to move out of California mm -hmm. based on the, this is happening every year. The part I'm trying to figure out is I've heard two things. I mean, my one, one, my experience is I'm tired of this and I don't really want to be stuck in my house mm -hmm. in the summertime because of smoke. And it seems to be happening more. Yeah. 
But my, I, think, so go ahead. I also had heard that it really was due to a lot of buildup of the forest floor. And I'm wondering, is this, is nature just getting caught up mm. and that then we won't have this as much? Or is it, no, this is happening a lot more and it is going to keep happening more on into the future? I guess that's my question there. Um, I was just in, in your, uh, I mean, I hear that a lot from especially younger people that they're thinking to move out of California. And, um, but then everywhere you go, there's something going on. You know, there are places that there's tornado all the time. There are places that there's a chance of, um, you know, other natural, uh, you know, uh, happenings. So, it's hard to judge that if you move to a certain place, you're going to get away from, uh, you know, completely get away from nature's uh, issues that we face. So, um, first of all, I want to say thank you for um, actually attending our um, recording time, Dr. And, uh, Dr. Daniel Rockers. Uh, we thought you're not going to come. So, I'm sorry about not introducing to our listeners that you are here, you are joining us. So we are very happy to see you. And uh, we I like the surprise. I like yeah, the surprise. Yeah, that surprise. was fun. Um, so thank you for being here. The other thing I was going to say is, um, I don't know if what I received was correct or not. They said seven of the fires was done by a serial arsonist. Did you guys hear about that? It was a college professor. No. One of my friends sent a, a click about um, the issue. So I don't know. I didn't hear it in the news, but it was actually a news article that I received that mm -hmm. seven of these. Um, and then also he trapped um, the firefighters so they cannot get to um, yeah put off the fire. So it was shocking it's shocking news when i was reading i can send it to you guys so maybe um you can see the article but i don't know whether i didn't read um the content i just read the topic that uh, seven of the fires was done by one of the serial arsonists and the fact that he was a college professor was actually a bigger surprise they caught him yes they did wow. Yeah. So partly maybe is the natural factor that you mentioned. And the other is they're always crazy people. <laughs> I think it's hard. Yeah. It's like, how do you make sense of that? And I think that's something I kind of jokingly say, but I mean it with truth that, you know, we work in understanding and, and helping people to make sense of things that don't make a lot of sense. And when you hear something like that, it's like, it just, it makes it feel like it's so hard to really understand people and, you know, why would somebody do that? And the, the danger that they would put themselves, others, you know, nature at, um, yeah, it's, it's can be baffling and, and upsetting. Well, actually I got the <clears throat> article right now. It says professor that started the fires in Northern California. That was the topic. Um, but I don't know how accurate the article was, but that was the topic of the article I read. Yeah, that's that's sad when you see people that uh, cause such a, you know, such a thing that has tremendous effect on on people, a lot of people. Uh, so we were talking before you join us, Dan, we were talking about 
the air, the weather, um, the fact that you mentioned uh, a lot of uncertainty, people are thinking of moving out. So there are many issues coming to our mind as soon as something traumatic happens, because right now it's been um, about a week that we are facing this kind of air and weather. And not only that, the Delta mutation of the COVID-19 also is another uncertainty. You hear different things. You hear people who had vaccinated twice, um, they got Delta and um, they either pass or they're in critical conditions. I don't know how accurate it is, but I know someone that we knew actually this happened to it, but I don't know to other people, but I know someone that we know through our friend um, that this happened exactly in Southern California, that he had two vaccines, um, but he had many underlying issues as well. But actually he got the Delta, he was in the hospital for a week and he passed. Um, but all these news, and uncertainty and little kids that we hear, they're getting the COVID. Like I know a baby two months and a half we knew who got COVID. I mean, at first they said children won't get it. But then we heard when this two and a half um, month old baby, they took him to the hospital. They realized that many children were hospitalized due to COVID. So now this is a big thing. And a lot of young parents are so worried about their children. So all of this uncertainty, uh, it just kind of um, makes you feel you can't make long-term decision anymore, you know. Uh, and especially I hear from young parents that how worried they are about their children. They're sticking um, in the home. They're staying, you know, just inside. Um, and, and someone who um, I was talking to said, you know, I take my, it's, she has only one little daughter. She's like, I take my daughter to the park. But as soon as she starts going, the children are attracted to each other. She's going towards the kids. I say, no, 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 come back here. And then she goes, I feel so bad on the one hand, I'm preventing her to go and play with other kids. And now I'm taking her to the park. I decided not to do that because it's actually double sore. On the one hand, you take the kid to play, but then on the other hand, uh, you actually prevent the, the child from going to other children, you know? So she was just telling me, I am stuck in the home. I just don't even take my baby anywhere, you know? I think along those lines, it's tough too. I mean, where what it reminds me of this idea of like living in fear while also being cautious. And I think in hearing some of these things that happen that are, that are happening in the world, there's a part of us that wants to retreat and, and wants to isolate, wants to disconnect. But at the same time, you know, that, that has an impact on us as well. And so we're wanting to as safely as we can engage and connect. And I think as, as people, you know, especially with summer, as that started, we're like, summer's here. And, you know, a lot of places are like, let's get out, let's do things. There's, you know, more activities. Uh, and so we get excited for that. And, and so it's hard to kind of change that mindset of like, let's be uh, cautious and limit ourselves. And the way that we have for so long, uh, I think it's hard to not just do those things that is 100% safe or 100%, uh, uh, you know, us being cautious. 
And so instead we're, we're, we're risking it to some degree, but I think it's going to be varied for everybody. You know, what is that level of kind of risk while you can be as safe as you can? Uh, the park's a great example. I've heard parents kind of express some frustration with other kids approaching their child, but it's like, it's the park. That's what kids do when they're at the playground. That's probably a healthy thing for kids to do when they're in that setting. But it's because of this time, you're expecting a young child to uh, adapt and understand almost instantly why they can't do that thing they've done before. And, and to me, that's asking a lot of a child. It almost could instill unnecessarily fear, like, no, 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 stay away from them. Like, don't, don't, don't. And it's like, whoa, hold on. You're sending me this message without information about why I have to be more cautious than I've ever been before. And so, yes, it can feel kind of unfair to not let your child go to the park, but you're also putting your child in a situation where to socialize, that's often very normal and encouraged. And so, again, it's having to kind of weigh those things. And I think ultimately, you know, not create that fear, not only within a person's child, but the, even within ourselves in that way as well. And then also, uh, as you know, the children under two years old, they're not recommended to wear masks because of oxygen um, and, and lack of enough oxygen for breathing. That's, that was new that I heard uh, because, um, you know, the person who was talking to me about uh, the, taking the daughter, her daughter to the park and the issue that she was sharing, I said, so why don't you teach her to wear masks? And she goes, no, she is not uh, two years old yet. That's why I can't uh, have her wear masks. And I didn't know that that was new to me. She says, no, they're not recommended to wear masks because of the oxygen level. So that was interesting, too. So we're learning as we're moving forward. Uh, we are at the break time, and uh, I want to say some words in um, Persian or Farsi. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین امروز من و دو تن از همکارانم دکتر دانیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرادی در خدمتون هستیم از رادیو بامداد صحبت میکنیم برنامه ما روزهای شنبه و یه شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر هستش و برمیگردیم دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم تا کنون اگر که نشنین صحبت ما رو داشتیم راجع به اینکه شرایط کنونی نمیذاره آدم بدونه که چه تصمیمی میخواد بگیره و خیلی چیزای غیر مطمئن اتفاق میفته تو زندگیامون که نمیتونیم تصمیم درست بگیریم برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبتمون رو ادامه میدیم
We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati, and we continue our conversation about uncertainty. If you have uh, turned on your radio just now, uh, we talked about how our life in California has been changed due to uh, summer fi uh, fires and, um, and, and in today's current situation, the unknown about the COVID-19 and the new mutation, and we continue our conversation. Along the lines too, in regards to kids and some of the things that they're uh, adapting to and some of the uncertainty, uh, I know uh, last week, uh, school started for a lot of kids, September 2nd. Uh, and so a lot of uh, teachers, parents, and kids, uh, probably parents and teachers, I think more than kids, I, from what I've heard, are really kind of questioning, like, what is this going to be? Like, what is going to happen? Uh, I do hear, I think on, on one positive note, I do hear a lot of kind of uh, anticipation in regards to like, let's, let's just start somewhere. Like, let's just go from this point and kind of see what happens. And so uh, there are different safety precautions and different uh, approaches that parents are taking to ensure their kids' safety. I think it's hard. We can hear in the news and seen uh, kind of sporadically certain articles about a parent or a teacher taking off their mask and then the whole class got infected. And so it's tricky because I think those things can instill fear kind of from the very beginning versus saying, well, what are those safety precautions that are being taken best we can? And so, uh, yeah, it can be a tough time when we're in the pandemic. It's not really quite certain what's going to happen yet, but uh, knowing that these things are important. I mean, kids need to learn. Kids need to, to be taught. Um, you know, teachers need to, you know, be accessible to them in that way. So yeah, it's something that I see a lot of people, a lot of parents kind of going through right now. What do you think is the most important thing in terms of dealing with uncertainty? I think it's staying positive and go day by day. I think that, I mean, I'm just probably talking about myself because when there's uncertainty, obviously you cannot plan for future. You don't know what's coming on your way. So I go back to the old teaching, the Eastern, um, you know, culture that they always talk about, or even, um, you know, in many other cultures, they talk about, don't think of future because it brings worries. Don't think of past because it's gone and it's lost. So stay with it now, because that's the only thing you have. Basically, this teaching is for always it's not just for this situation but i'm thinking it it really brings this power of now and thinking of now more so into our mind and 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 i'm just talking about myself i constantly think about okay we really don't know even with covid-19 that we faced as a surprise what else may come on our way you know so if you think more about future, maybe future brings more worries. So my um, perception of what's happening is, let's just stay positive. Let's just not go there. And it was very funny. I was uh, doing my hair a couple of days ago um, with my hairdresser. There was another station next to me and there was a lady who was talking to the other hairdresser and I overheard. She said, I know if you are positive thinker and you know you tell yourself that I'm not going to get it, I'm going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And she was so 
certain and so um, positively thinking that I thought that is so interesting how some people just live that way, that they tell themselves that I'm not going to get it, I'm fine, and they move on with their life lives and there's some other people who constantly are negative thinkers and they they think that oh you know what if this happens what if that happens and uh, they're just making their current situation their now more unpleasant you know because we don't know what's what's happening and i mean in in two hours from now you know that's a great question daniel too i think it it's it's really kind of driving a lot of what we're talking about today, and uh, definitely I think positivity has a place as well. The thing, one of the things I find that's helpful is trying to find the certainty and the uncertainty, and so looking at what is in our control. And sometimes it's even just trying to evaluate the problem and examine how you know we've handled challenges and difficulties before or the fact that we have support or we can reach out to people. And that can give us a sense of stability, a sense of direction sometimes. Now, it doesn't mean we know the destination or how things are going to get resolved necessarily, but I feel like it's it's kind of the stepwise approach, you know, putting one foot in front of the other with a little bit of certainty as best we can. It kind of reminds me of to the, the metaphor that popped in my mind right now is if you've ever walked in like a, a shallow, like little creek or like a little river, and you know you can't just put one foot in the front of the other because the rocks are slippery so you can fall if you do that and so what you do is you kind of put your foot out and kind of feel it around a little bit and kind of get a sense of okay what's you know what feels stable what feels secure and then kind of gently put your weight on it and so kind of gradually slowly progressing and again it's not getting to the other side of the river as fast as we want to necessarily but it allows us to be able to do that in a way where this is what I'm in control over. This is how I can approach this uncertain, unclear path. Yeah, with an awareness of what what difficulties you're facing and that yeah. you could could go down if you're not pretty careful, but you don't freeze and do nothing. Yeah. You do keep going in some ways. I think those are all important things. I like that analogy. That's very nice. It's a good jumping off point on how to act and how to be in difficult times. And I want to say, even uh, if you stay positive and you move on and, and you are just going day by day, but you also, uh, I like what Alex said, you have to be sort of prepared. Like I always have everything in the trunk of my car, just in case if we need to wrap up and leave. Seriously, after the uh, last year's fire remember that was terrible and it got to a point that I started packing up a couple of backpacks and and be ready and we even talked about that in one of our episodes that we need in a way to stay positive do whatever we need to do um, to live a positive life but on the other hand be prepared Uh, you know being positive doesn't mean that you're sitting to let things happen. You have to also be very prepared, not only have a mental preparation of what you do, but also in writing. I have a list of things that we need to take care of if we need to leave uh, and to just uh, you know leave the house because it's important to have a list because at that point when if, because I know s- uh, some people that they were in fire at a time that they had to leave within two hours they were so freaking out that they couldn't even decide what to do 
you know, um, like, for example, the couple had two cars in the garage. They, they didn't think to take both cars. They left one. Uh, and then, you know, at that time, you're afraid you want to be together. But then later, when they were thinking, they were, they were just saying, oh, my gosh, I wish I had brought my other car, too, because the car was also, you know, uh, gone. So, I mean, things like that, that you not only take a mental note of, but also write it down at the time of, um, you know, surprises, then you are sort of half ready to go. Yeah. Also like having a fireproof and waterproof document container. Oh, you keep your stuff yeah. in, which I didn't really realize the waterproof thing until I read somebody says, well, what do you think they put the fire out with? <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause you wanted fireproof, but Hopefully somebody's putting the fire out with water and see so oh, what right. proof too. I think yeah, I should think straight when you're under such intense pressure like that in just a moment's notice. Oh sure. Yeah. I, I think I've shared I've lived before in a, an apartment that got flooded. And uh before that, if you asked me, you know, what do you do in a flood, I had no idea. And uh you know, it's flooded more than once. And I'll tell you, each time I was, even the second time and the third time, I know, don't ask why I stayed there after a first. But, uh, you know, you think, oh, you get better at it and you're calm each other time. No, it's still shocking and surprising. And as prepared as you can be, you're never 100% prepared. So I think along those lines, it's not being able to, to handle it the best way possible. It's just trying to be as prepared as you can in that way. Uh, and so, like you said, and I think that's a great example. Somebody's like, oh, I got fireproof, you know, document holder. And it's like, well, what about the water? And it's like, what about the water? And it's like, oh, wait. Yeah. And so, again, those uh, genius ideas that uh, we sometimes don't realize until either somebody points it out or something happens. So it's I think, uh, yeah, being prepared is, is a good first start a lot of times. I want to jump back to what we were talking about earlier, the idea of um, it's what you said, Saide, this woman telling herself, I think if you just be positive and keep going, everything will be all right. And I think there is some truth in that. But I also want to bring up the idea that that can be an like an ostrich head in the sand type of an approach. I think having a positive attitude is very important. But also, you don't want to fool yourself. You want to be functional, but don't fool yourself into not addressing what feelings are inside. Mm-hmm. One extreme is totally blocking it out and staying ignorant to it. The other extreme is getting stuck in it and paralyzed from the fear. Mm-hmm. I think the middle ground is the ideal thing. Yes, I am a little bit nervous now, but I can also keep going here. Mm-hmm. I need to keep going. I want to keep going here. No, absolutely. You mentioned such an important thing that. You know, it's great to be positive. It's great to say, yes, it's not going to happen to me because you're actually mentally uh, building more strength um, to move on. But absolutely, if you are just closing the the doors and thinking it's not going to happen to me, well, chances are that there's always, you know, a chance. So it's better. We, we talked about being prepared. We talked about, you know, you know, also have all the precautions not to, for example, get into situations that may you may get um, infected with the virus. You may get 
you know, the virus and especially with the new virus, it's, it's just so uh, quickly you get it that they say it's, it's in comparison to COVID-19 is way faster. Within a few seconds, if you are close to someone, you get it. So, I mean, the information you receive is powerful because that shows you how you need to be careful in going to places, in meeting people. Um, you know, we were invited to a, a place um, yesterday that the people are very, very conscientious of being careful not to get clothes or if necessary, wear masks, but they canceled because they thought not only because of the air and weather, but also uh, just the fact that in today's situation, it's better not to go to the groups. So I'm just seeing different things from different people I associate with. Some people who are very, very careful some, they do all necessary precautions, but, but they don't close the door and they continue living their sort of normal life. And then some, they're just more careful. And, and you hear that mostly they're staying away from anything. So, you know, people are taking this differently, you know, and, and if you group them, you can see even among your association, your friends, that how differently they're operating. There's some that they do everything they did before, and they have a strong belief that it's not going to happen. It's just, um, you know, something that they make a big deal out of it to make people afraid. You know, they have all these um, in their mind that is political. And then there's some people who seriously believe in it because their their hands are in it. They're in the hospital. They're working. They're doctors. And they say, no, it's real. And we hear from them. And, and so you deal with this differently from, and, and you hear from different people how they differently are operating. Uh, we are getting to our second break uh, uh, and, and I just want to make sure that I say some words in Farsi. Shanvandegan Aziz Radio Bamdad, man dar kenare dutan az hamkaranam Dr. Daniel Rockers va Dr. Alexandra Di hastim va emruz ke ruze shambe hastesh ma barnamamun ro طبق معمول از رادیو بامداد به زبان انگلیسی در مورد موضوعات روانشناسی و فرهنگی دنبال میکنیم اگر تازه رادیوتون رو باز کردین و صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه در برنامه کالچر و اند سایکولوژی با هم صحبت‌های روانشناسی داریم و موضوعات روز رو دنبال می‌کنیم تا کنون در مورد uncertainty یعنی مواردی که آدم نمی‌دونه که چه اتفاقی داره می‌افته و با اطمینان نمی‌تونه فکر کنه تصمیم بگیره در مورد آتش سوزی کالیفرنیا در مورد کووید 19 و این میوتیشن جدیدش دلتا یه ذره صحبت کردیم و الان توی بریک هستیم برمیگردیم دنبال صحبتمون رو به زبان انگلیسی ادامه میدیم خواهش میکنم اگر کسانی در منزل هستن از برنامه ما به زبان انگلیسی ممکنه استفاده کنن ازشون دعوت کنین روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یکی بعد از ظهر به برنامه کالچر اند سایکولوژی در رادیو بامداد گوش کنن
We are back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandradi, and we continue our conversation about uncertainty and what is happening currently in California with the fire. Um, and also in the world, we have so many things going on at this point. Um, I wanted to talk about um, simple steps that can help us better face life's uncertainty. Um, we have to always think that we are the most important piece in this whole thing. So we have to be kind to ourselves uh, and, and also always remember that we um, had so many good memories from past when the weather was good, when the fire wasn't there. Don't lose those momentums of good things that we had and don't bring only all these negativity and um, think of that. So there's so many other good things that we can bring to our mind. And also uh, like last year, I remember when we all were staying at home, how many um, people I know that they started learning new skills, they started doing different things. And now I know like the weekends, most people because of fire this last uh, uh, weekend, they stayed home. But I was just thinking, um, you know, there's always room for doing things to get busy in a positive way. And, and just create something to make your life not even better, but good, uh, so that you're not stuck into you know, oh, I'm, I'm home, the weather is not good, the air is not good, it's unhealthy, but at least create something to do so you get busy in a positive way. Yeah, and I think it can definitely be <clears throat> kind of tough sometimes, but needing to take that step back. And I think I've emphasized the question before, like, what are those things I can do to give to myself, to nourish myself, to take care of myself? Um, I think it's easy sometimes when those thoughts and feelings kind of come up. Uh, I, I myself this weekend found myself feeling uh, kind of weighed down in that way. And so uh, I know sometimes it's even like, you know, organizing and cleaning and kind of arranging some some tasks or projects that are on my mental to-do list, uh, you know, made me feel a little bit more kind of in control, if you will. It's like, okay, there's this uncertainty and, you know, not feeling so great. And so let me, let me feel like I'm getting some things done. Let me give to myself in that way. Um, and then even, you know, some reading that I was able to do to kind of occupy myself. And so, uh, yeah, I find giving ourselves in those little ways. I mean, it doesn't maybe change everything necessarily, but it can help us just a little bit sometimes. I think a good thing to keep in mind is something I heard from someone, and that is look at your feet. And the meaning of that is this. It sounds simple and simplistic, but I think it is important. Look at your feet because your feet are the ways generally that you move forward. And you can almost always take one step further. Mm -hmm. I think I mentioned a story I had heard some time ago, this woman who had a very hard start in life and had become alcoholic and was a prostitute. But the presentation she was making for us was, she was speaking as an attorney. She had become an attorney. And somebody asked her, well, you know, what's your secret? And she said, I, you know, they said, what's your secret? Weren't you scared? And she says, yeah, I was scared a lot. I had a lot of anxiety, but I always had smart feet. Mm -hmm. And she said, my feet knew to move forward even when I was very anxious. 
So I, when, when I heard somebody use the idea of look at your feet, that's what I connected it with. Look at your feet. Your feet can always be smart feet and take one step forward. We can almost always go a little bit further. And in that way, we begin to make progress because each step we, step we take, we gain a little bit of confidence in ourselves, and we can learn and move forward and we grow and things open up for us. But things often don't open up if we are not moving at all. I really like that analogy. It just gives you a lot of insight. And, and, and it, is, it is great because when you first you said, look at your feet, I go, oh, <laughs> what does the feet do to you? <laughs> but, I could see you weren't responding there much. When I said yeah, that. <laughs> you can be sitting all the time and looking at your feet. <laughs> but uh, no, I really like that analogy. And that's true. That's true, really. And also, uh, we sometimes forget about self-care. We hear that all the time that, you know, in any situation, you have to first, um, you know, just remember, even when you're flying, they always say, even if you are with a child, first make sure you have your oxygen so you can help. Uh, I guess this also uh, applies to many things in life. You know, if you don't take care of yourself first, you can't take care of things or you can take care of others. So there's so many things that we hear and they're either um, you know, uh, in different cultures saying, but there's always uh, insight into many of these sayings that when you think about it, um, it's important to, to remember. Oh, yeah, I was, was going to say the only time I think of uh, um, looking at my feet and it's maybe random in that way, but it's when we're in extreme different context like every time I go to the beach like I put my feet in the sand and people you know I've heard people say that oh you put your feet in the sand and there's this idea that you know it, it, it kind of grounds you it places you in that presence in a way that we sometimes don't allow ourselves to and so yeah building on what you said Daniel I like that idea because we can do that anywhere we can look at our feet and say okay where am I going or where are they going to take me um, versus it being only maybe in those extreme circumstances, we're at the beach or our feet are in the grass or something like that, or we're burning our feet on the concrete or something like that. Um, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, something that feels as though it's it's uncomfortable or, or not the norm for us to be able to, to kind of pay attention in that way. Another, I'm a big fan of using models, having a model and somebody we can emulate. So I think a lot of times in difficult situations or uncertain situations, we can always ask ourselves, well, how would so-and-so do this? How would so-and-so respond in this situation? What would so-and-so say or do? We possess that knowledge because most people can say, oh, well, so-and-so would do blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah might say this or that sort of thing. So we know that knowledge is possessed inside of almost everybody. We've observed enough other people that we can draw on that reservoir of knowledge and learning. It's important. And, and also now going back to what you said, Dan, I feel like having a model and also because you know yourself through your experiences, through who you are, based on that model, you can modify that that model and do it the way it fits you. But having a model is important because you're looking to that model and you are actually 
applying it maybe differently, but just having, um, you know, a, um, basically uh, archaic, um, you know, model that you can go by that. I think along those lines, too, it's important that we, I, I see people do this a lot of times with the model in that way, where they'll say, well, they would do this like better than I would, or they would do this the right way. And I think that's sometimes where it, it's turned a different way where it's not as helpful. And so it's not what you should do. Or, you know, if I were to say, you know, what would site A do? It's not like, oh, the ideal or perfect kind of answer, but more one of, you know, being able to step outside of ourselves and give ourselves that same compassion that, you know, uh, another person might have, or we would allow for another person to have. And so we can move forward in a way where we're trying to think as much as we're maybe feeling the thing that we're going through and to give ourselves that compassion uh, versus, oh, yep, side A would handle this right. And I'm failing, look at me. And so, yeah, I think that's an important piece too. It's not a, it's not permission to beat yourself up and judge yourself and saying what the other person would do right and you're doing wrong. Right. It's also to get ideas on what to do, because a lot of times in those situations, we're just stuck. It's like a brain lock type of a stuck. I have an example from a few years ago it was a 4th of July party there in East Sacramento. And I was sitting on my girlfriend's porch with her. We're just watching the people go by. And this little kid, he must have been, I don't know, two or three years old, was in his pedal car. And he stopped the car in front of the house, in front of our porch, and just started crying. And he's crying like, ah, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. <laughs> and he couldn't go. And he just kept crying in that way. And somebody then, must have been his mother, walks over and says, okay, well, what if you get out and we can just go on? And she got him out and he walked off and he was happy later on. But he was stuck because he just, whatever was going on, he couldn't keep going. And he just needed a little bit of help on how to get, get out. Maybe it was some ideas. Maybe he just needed some social support. I don't know exactly what it was. That's probably another good thing to think about, too. A lot of times in those situations, we need somebody to support us. Just be with me. You don't have to solve all the problems, but mm -hmm. can you accompany me on my journey here. Well, especially someone you trust. Um, I remember reading an article from APA survey that at one point, I remember they were saying nearly a third of Americans say economic uncertainty uh, is a sort of a source of a stress when thinking about the economy. I think, you know, um, the economical uh, uncertainty also brings a lot of stress to people. And, um, you know, we are talking about life and healthcare, but, um, you know, one third of people are worried about uncertainty when it comes to economy. And even now that the economy is doing really well, uh, when you talk to people, it, every time you talk, they go, don't be fooled. Something unexpected is going to happen. That you know, it's going to crash. It's going to, you know what I mean. It's just uh, same as health, same as other uncertainty in life. And there, there are things that are more important to people, you know. And we know economy is one of those very important things because it's like you're dealing with it daily, especially when some people don't have 
a safe job when when it comes to economical situation as soon as something happens the realist later their construction people that you know we know that it hits that first um you know so a big number of people are constantly watching to make sure things are good because it's a big part of their stress i always say stress and uncertainty are part of life it's how we deal with it, that can be different. And so it's not eliminating stress or eliminating uncertainty. Uh, so yeah, it's something that, you know, we can feel empowered by like, all right, I'm going to figure it out best they can. Like we said, put one foot in front of the other uh, best we can so that we can try to move forward. Okay. With that, uh, if um, as usual, you have a final statement, we start with uh, Dr. Andrade. I think we're going to take our break and then uh, come back for the uh, final statement there. Sure. Okay. Oh. All right. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد اگه صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین من و دو تن از همکارانم دکتر دنیل راکرز و دکتر الکساندرادی روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه در برنامه رادیو بامداد به نام Culture and Psychology از ساعت 12 ظهر تا یک بعد از ظهر با شما هستیم اگر کسانی هستن در منزل که از برنامه روانشناسی و فرهنگی ما استفاده میکنن به زبان انگلیسی ازشون دعوت کنین که به برنامه ما توجه کنن ما برمیگردیم همتون که دکتر اندرادی سید و صحبتهای فاینالمون رو در آخر میکنیم We are back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati, and we are finalizing or summing up our conversation. So we start with Dr. Andrade. Yeah, I wanted to start with uh, Dan. Last time you weren't here, one of the things I day and I, uh, I think we like to pick at each other when one of us isn't here. But one of the things I uh, said was like, what if we envision the questions that Daniel would ask? And so uh, we actually found it kind of fruitful too. And so, uh, yeah, we were like channeling you. Uh, along those lines, I think the last point uh, that I would have for listeners is probably a, I don't know if it's a Daniel Rockers uh, certified question, but uh, I, I would encourage uh, individuals to kind of ask themselves this question of what can I do to feel a little more certain or a little bit more in control? 
And I think in asking ourselves that question, it creates a space for opportunity of action, uh, of preparation and in a way where we can feel empowered and encouraged versus if we have a lot of times we're like, how am I going to deal with this? Like what, what, what's going to happen? Um, almost as though it's happening to us and, and there's no impact or control. So that idea of I, I think is really important. What can I do to feel more certain or in control? Um, I think is a first step sometimes to handling even all these things that are going on right now in the, in the world. Uh, we may not be able to address everything or know the answer to them all, but that can be a starting point for you. I'll jump in. This may seem unrelated, but I promise it is related. I like to play golf, and no matter how good one gets at golf, there's always something you can get better at. Golf is a skill, and a lot of the techniques or moves are skills in that. In the same way, handling uncertainty is a skill. And no matter how good we might be or might not be at handling uncertainty and moving forward, we can always get a little bit better. So think about handling uncertainty as a skill you are developing. You can get better. So monitor how well you handle uncertainty today versus last week or a year ago. Compare and see how you can improve in building your skill of handling uncertainty. That's my tip for the day. And every time from uh, last time we talked about golf, and seeing you at your home, uh, sometimes practicing. Every time we talk about golf, I think of you, Dr. Daniel Rockers. <laughs> so that's an interesting analogy as well. No, seriously, it's, it's great. I was just going to say most people uh, are creatures of habits. And when things go as planned, we always feel in control. But when life throws a curveball, uh, it can leave us feeling anxious and stressed. But we have to really always remember that we have to be kind to ourselves. We have to always reflect on good times and good successes, situations, or um, you know anything that now is bringing us down. Think of the opposite when we had a good time, so that we can uh, listen our stress and develop new skills as we talked about. And um, I would say uh, limit your exposure to news uh, and avoid dwelling on things you can control because uh, many things in life, um, you know, comes on our way that we can have any control. So be kind to yourself and always remember, you know, we are, um, you know, we have such a strength within us that if we active those good things in us, we can, um, we can be um, very much resilient in life. So with that, uh, I want to say goodbye and, um, uh, and also um, wish you a wonderful Saturday night and rest of the day. So we come back tomorrow and we um, either continue our conversation or start a new topic. I'm
دستامو باور کن که ساقه نوازشه باور کن چشم منو باور کن که یک قصیده رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا